three and we are recording so welcome back to the rafa segment the not rafa segment i can't do words right now the, <laughs> Mon the monday segment of rafa's podcast and today i'm joined by a good friend of mine zachary reed how are you i'm good how have you been i've been keeping busy and um been on the news a lot but you mm. know before we get into the heavy stuff i kind of want to give my listeners a background on who you are so i know you personally from school um, you are a musical theater major who, like I said, congratulations for reaching <laughs> your, your senior year. And, um, but I've never really asked you as a person, just friend to friends, how, how did you become involved in this world of theater? Uh, so I did theater as like a hobby in like middle school, high school. And initially my goal was to double major engineer and then play football. Um, but then there was a moment in high school where I was doing theater and I realized that like that's what I want to do as a living, as a career. I wanted to be an artist. Um, so I started looking into schools and I was very late in the game. So I was just kind of like picking apart everything. I found UM because of football initially. Okay. And then oh, wow. I figured out they had a theater program. And I was like, all right, I guess I'll take, I'll take a look, like might as well. Uh, and I loved it. I ended up loving it. That's awesome. That's awesome. And it's just because of Miami it just happened to be or did you have other choices? There were other choices. I think uh, when it got down to it, UM was one of my top four schools and it really came down to like, some of them gave me scholarships, some of them didn't. Makes sense. So. I mean, it's been a wild, it's about to be five years, but. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, how much have you grown, man? Like, Oh, honestly, a lot. Honestly. Um, I think what really helped was that I went to a place where there isn't really a bubble Okay. Like the campus itself because you meet so many people from a variety of different places, especially international people. Um, and also just while exploring my art, the entire um, half of theater is just understanding everything and every sort of person because you're always going to play or interact with those kind of people on stage. And I, and I so definitely do think that's a beautiful part of theater, you know? I, I feel like, well, yeah. you see, that's that's the how I was telling you earlier, it's getting different perspectives. For me, when I got to, to the University of Miami, since I went to a pretty much primarily Latino school, it was a big change for me, you know? Um, in Miami, Miami in itself, as you know, is a bubble. So what happens is when I got to the school, it was just, I was surrounded in a sea of Caucasians <laughs> and that, that, was, that was the experience for me at first before, before, you know, getting integrated and going to clubs and meeting different people. But for me at first sight, I mean, for anybody realistically at first sight, it's odd. It's, it's going to be a lot of uh, white people. And that's, that's, that's mm -hmm. how I, that's how I lived it. You know, I'm pretty sure. I mean, but you've lived throughout the United States, right? You've lived in many different areas. So it's culture, yeah. culture changes, do they even affect you anymore? Um, it does affect me, but it's easier for me to transition to it. Like, moving to a new culture is always going to be different. You kind of have to figure out a way of still being true to yourself, but, like, coinciding with them. Mm -hmm. um, but it's gotten a lot easier where I don't have to, say, sacrifice parts of who I am or, like, hide anything. I can still be myself but just with the consciousness to respect who they are. Makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. And then, but adapting to, I mean, it 
it's just such a crazy, I think it's such a crazy environment to adapt to. But I mean, I, since I had a different experience of just completely just cultural change and you, you know, having had that ad- adaptation, I guess we, we see it a little bit different, but at the same time, how tough was it to adapt? Like how, when did you feel what year, what month of your beginning in this college journey did you feel that you were finally comfortable with being there, you know, and the people that you'd meet when you felt at home? Man, so there are like several moments where I'd find places where I'd feel comfortable. Um, But I think the moment where I officially said like, no matter where I go on this campus, I'll at least feel safe because I know who I am, where I could be. Honestly, it's like this last fall. Really? Which is, um, for anyone who lis- listening who doesn't know, <laughs> I came in 2016, took medical leave, so I repeated my freshman year. So that was that's four years into it where I officially could say, I'm good. I feel like I'm myself and could be myself. And I genuinely think that's also a little too fast um why do you think it's too fast to figure that out and like find the spaces well because just from the differences between semesters that at least i've experienced so many things can change and adapt so quickly very true hard to officially say that something is set in stone but you can at least gain an idea of what kind of things you want to solidify like what kind of people you want to be spending your time with okay but again that changes so often like there's always new kids coming in always people leaving some people will go abroad you might go abroad yeah um so i think i'm very lucky in that from taking medical leave i got to look at it at the outside before tackling it again yeah so i I had that opportunity to think it through Maybe that makes perfect sense. And for me, I mean, like you said before, college is a, you know, it's a time to figure out who you are in a sense. And, mm-hmm. you know, in this case, you got a little bit more time for that and it worked out in your favor and it's going to work out in your favor in the long run. And mm-hmm. to me, I, I view it in, in a different perspective too. I view it as since I came in spring 2018, I had less time than the normal four-year college student because I did a semester before at community college was just nothing like a university. So every semester that would pass, it was like a different story for me. It was like a different chapter of things I learned. And sometimes it wouldn't be all positive. You know, some semesters I would feel very left out. I would feel conflicted with myself. And every semester, every break we get is a new chance to to look back and reflect on new things that you can do. And so far, it's been working out. And like, I, like, I mean, you know, I wasn't there last spring, but it was a, it was a much needed break from the whole reality of people being around you all the time. You know, and mm-hmm. sometimes I do have pretty bad social social anxiety, but that's just that's just a natural norm of mine. So it was mm-hmm. it was nice to try to look back and reflect on that. But either way, thanks for sharing that story. It, it does make me feel a little more comfortable. And I, I it's so many people just they have a set in stone of of what college should be, and they should they think you have to be immediately comfortable in your first semester, your second semester, and that's just realistically not the case for for most people. Right. Like some people don't really feel comfortable until they graduated and that's fine. Maybe they didn't feel comfortable a chance at all. To grow. Which yeah. I mean, yeah, it is the chance to grow. It's a chance to become independent or try to be at least be as independent as you can. Because a lot of people do get their stuff handed to them by their parents all the time. Yeah. Different lives, different perspectives, different backgrounds. I get it. I hope they understand our side as well. Right. 
But right. either way, um, are you ready to get into the heavy stuff? Absolutely. Okay. Always ready. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I wanted to start. Obviously, George Floyd passed away, I think, six days ago. He was murdered. What did you feel? Mm-hmm. Not what did you feel, but how did you feel when you when this took national headlines? Were you just like, were you not surprised? No, that's the thing. It's like it, there was no shock per se. It's, and I think that's one of the biggest problems. Is it hasn't become this rare occurrence. It hasn't become this thing where when we see it, it's like a huge impact because it's become something that's we experience. We just think about constantly in our daily lives. Um, so I didn't. I I grieved for his family and his friends and the community, but genuinely didn't surprise me are you surprised that everything like the weirdest part are you surprised that the country is in the state it is right now as in all these people going out to the street protesting becoming united because honestly as unfair as it was we've had unfair cases and you know the population doesn't react hasn't reacted this way in a very long time so mm-hmm. what do you think was the breaking point Quite honestly, I think it's the pandemic with the COVID. The fact that all these people were shut inside and like people lost their jobs, everyone was worried and struggling with different things. And then also when the protesters were protesting against the pandemic, we saw a completely different reaction that would have happened when we were protesting these issues. So for that to happen again, while we're all locked up, that was the breaking point. That's where some people who like previously have been like, I support you, but haven't done or said anything about it are now going out and like donating money to those who need bail or walking alongside of us. It quite honestly, it's a little bit good that COVID hit. In I think so. I think so these issues. as yeah. well. It's, it's so, it's so surprising to be honest. I didn't expect this situation at all. I mean, if you would have told me this whole thing was going to happen five, six months ago, that would, would be in the middle of, uh, such a pivotal point in America would be in the middle of a pandemic. Mm-hmm. It's it's just too many things to go down at once. But that does remind me of um, when I went to the protest on Saturday, I was lucky enough to get some some nice photographs of people holding signs. And one of them was mm-hmm. that, you know, it's bad when we have to be doing this during a global pandemic because exactly. it is it is a risk. But then again, it's worth it, in my opinion. Like I had this conversation with my parents, like, why why wouldn't I? be part of history why wouldn't I move with people mm-hmm. and I 100% understand why we all had to be out there and but I do have some things I want to ask you in terms of police the things I see all the time on Twitter the things I see all the time on Instagram on whatever you want to call it you know a lot of people do you think it's extreme to say all cops are bad or all cops are bastards or you know, just overall, like, fuck 12. What do you what do you think about this? My whole thing is that it's not about being bad anymore. It's that if someone does something like the, what the officer did to George Floyd, it doesn't matter how good you are. If you don't say anything about it, you're not helping. And you're giving them the false idea that it's okay for them to do what they did because their colleagues are telling them that it was wrong. So I think that's the biggest thing. It's not about each and every cop being a morally horrible person. 
It's the fact that if you do have good morals, you need to speak up about it. You can't be silent about it. It's the same way with, like, when there are people protesting. Um, if a black man goes and murders someone who's just going to get their groceries, I'm not going to support that at all. I will speak up against it because that is no different than what they're doing to us. But we're holding our, each other accountable. That's the difference. They're not the holding each other accountable. The vast majority of police are not holding each other accountable. And they're not. I mean, honestly, honestly, they're not. It's just sometimes I have to ask the question because mm-hmm. people do have different opinions. For example, it's I have uh, one of my friends from high school. He he joined the police force. I don't think he's a terrible person, and I'm never gonna go out in his face and scream "fuck 12." But if if he does prove to not do to not be a valid human being, because at the end of the day, the thing is, obviously, you can't be a bystander when someone is getting killed. You know. Exactly. At the end of the day. What I see a lot in these videos, especially from the past couple of days, is police just like there would be normal, peaceful people protesting in the street and they'll come and just push them out of the way. The thing I don't understand, that's the part that's the part that makes me kind of not hateful, but it does. I don't understand how they don't realize that we're all humans in a way. Does that make sense? Like, why, why would you treat your fellow neighbor? in that way they're literally doing nothing and i understand that you're doing your job but i feel like if you do go out of your way as a police officer to push people who are literally giving you no harm that's that's the problem and that racism that hate between both sides because obviously i've seen as much as bad videos as i've seen i've seen videos of good cops who understand what's mm-hmm. going on who want to walk with people and I do see those videos, like, I don't know if you, if you saw the one of New York City Police Department where the guy runs over the barricade of a whole bunch of people. I did, yeah. And that, to me, is insane. That you, <laughs> you're supposed to, even if you don't agree with them, you're not, why would you do that? And I remember, I think it was the mayor of New York City or someone in power, he was talking about the situation and he said that it was pretty much okay because the cop was put in an impossible situation. See, that enrages me because someone in power, it's not even just to say that they could have easily put the cop car in reverse and not run mm-hmm. over um, as many people that were there. It's just why would you – it's an obvious wrong. You don't, have to, you don't have to be blind. You don't have to be anything. It's, it's an obvious wrong to do that. Could you say they shouldn't have been throwing things at the police car or whatever? Either way, it doesn't lead – to me, at least, I don't see the the initiative to just run people over. Or I don't see the initiative to – I've seen so many – man, it's been crazy. It's been crazy because I'm always on on Twitter to be as informed as I can, you know, mm-hmm. to, to get as many videos and as many perspectives and as many stories as I can just so I can talk to people about it. And I, I understand where the hate comes from more now than ever. You know, it's like I obviously knew we live in a terrible, terrible time. Either way, we've been dealing with issues like this for years, hundreds of years. I mean, the L.A. riots were in, what, 70s or something like that, if I'm not mistaken, 80s. Yeah. And the fact that we still have to do this. I mean, for example, one of the photographs I took, it was a lady. She was holding a sign that said, stop the lynching. And you could easily take that photograph back into 1960 or whatever, and it still holds the same meaning. Exactly. <sighs> and it's... I understand the hate now more than ever, but what what can someone like what can what can we do aside from protests? I mean, I understand like donating and spreading the word, but what is on a day to day basis after all this passes, 
what can we do? Because it seems like an, it's, it's not an impossible task because I know things aren't impossible, Zai, but <laughs> <laughs> it seems like such a huge task to just ab- end what's, what's happening because the yeah, majority... Trust me, I know. <laughs> It's it's kind of mind-boggling, and I hate thinking about it, but it seems so difficult to just stop it. The biggest thing is, like, we can't just wait until another name comes up or another person gets killed. We cannot wait at every given moment until there is a legitimate change. We have to be doing something. Even if it's for the past few days, I've had people coming and asking me hey can you check this make sure i'm not being insensitive or whatever and just putting out messages urging their friends and family to speak at the very least speak out even if it's just contacting like a couple people who haven't seen any of it yet even if it's to share information that people don't understand yet that is better than sitting by and doing nothing if you can't protest, and I understand that there are some people who legitimately can't, especially because of COVID, of course, you, that doesn't mean that you should stay quiet. And I don't think staying obviously, I don't think staying quiet is is you know the right thing to do at all. But I have mm-hmm. noticed a lot of people who have been quiet, you know. Yes. And it's 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 like why why are you quiet? I don't understand what why are you quiet now? And it's uh, it's surprising. It is surprising. I've had a lot of people like directly message me and be like, I support you, and I'm like. Why are you keeping this so, so private? Like, why are you only coming to me and saying something and you haven't said anything to any of your other black friends or publicly? If Taylor Swift can just speak out publicly, then whoever that person is can too. Yes. Because at the, end, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's only the, the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. The thing I see is just a lot of people try to give me – I've asked a lot of people, like, what do you, what do you think – how can we sort of stop this? And there's a lot of people like, oh, more background checks on the people who want to become cops. I don't think that's a super viable idea. It's the truth. Because it's, it's, I, think, I think cops could get brainwashed depending on where they are. The number one problem I do see is obviously we are minorities. I mean, I'm, I'm Latin and you're an African-American man and black people only make up 14% of the, the U.S. population. So that entire rest is up to you. You don't know what they can think. You know, it's obviously not all white people are bad, obviously. Yeah. But a lot of those will take advantage of that power. There are certain people are already taking advantage of the protests. People are going in after the protest has moved past buildings to steal stuff from them. Yeah. And we get blamed. And those are the people with their own destructive agendas. Mm -hmm. And it's and it sucks because obviously there are people who have that agenda. And the media doesn't differentiate them. And that's the huge problem to me. It, but how, at the end of the day, how, how can they? How can they? How can they? Because the, the way I see it is we live as, you know, in this age where everything we see online, everything we click on, it makes a bubble for us. So if I start, if I, it's, if I start going on, on YouTube and looking up a whole bunch of Trump videos, right? That's mm-hmm. all I'm going to get recommended. So if white person A is a Fox News person and is hardcore Republican, they're only going to get they're only going to see the terrible things, the thugs, the destruction and that's not going to change their mind. So mm-hmm. how it seems impossible to reach 
it just seems is it just a generational thing that we have to worry about like this generation it's not hopeless but at the same right. time people just don't change their minds that easy well i had a very interesting experience uh i think it was two days ago where someone was very much posting stuff like that and i responded to that thread with a link showing a post of someone who was at the protests a white person who came to the protest and lied the entire thing all laid out or something and i put like little things and i showed them this is what's really happening and i showed them the part where there are people kneeling in respect for george and the cops showed up and as soon as they got out of the cars they started tear gassing people yeah and this person legitimately came back to me on the thread and like where other people can see it and he's like i had no idea that was happening so the biggest thing is like even on the sides of supporting the protest the news will over exaggerate everything and make everything seem like it's like the beginning of world war three i have been trying really hard to stick to looking at people who've actually been there and i know a lot of people who are marching um one of the most uh the people who stuck out recently was my uh professor's husband who was there and videoed the entire thing of people coming out with rubber bullets watching the videos of people who are legitimately there especially if they're there from the beginning shows you everything that happens the bad the good everything and so there's not little clips taken out of context it can't be people taking up photos or that are from decades ago and then claiming it has to do with today because that's happened a lot it's so easy to look and tr see the truth because when you look at those videos there's no possible way to see them as thugs and i i 100 percent agree with you the thing is like i said people do have their own destructive agendas and those people aren't for aren't for for example i mean during saturday i was there maybe a good five hours right peaceful 100 percent peaceful the people that we were around with, I remember there was a point where we passed an empty cop car in the street. And that very much felt like a ploy. Right. It, it, it did feel like a ploy because you see these things online. It's like, oh, yeah, they laid it. They put these bricks on just, just to entice people. But leaving an empty cop car, just it felt like a trap. It felt like they wanted us to do something. That happened in Salt Lake City, too. There's a and, clear video before the protesters actually get there of a cop car sitting there empty and cops leaving it and going to join with their squads and then a white kid came up and torched it yeah the protesters got that's lame. insane that's insane and that that's that's crazy to me because so i'm gonna ask for your opinion on the what what's what i'm about to say but after yeah. we saw the cop car and we just continued and the day went on normal no one touched the cop car because you know a lot of people were being they were saying, no, Miami will not be like this. Miami will have a peaceful protest. We will show that we can be peaceful and still get our message across. Perfect. Next couple hours pass by. I leave. Um, then they go back. As I'm leaving, I'm going against the, the crowd because I guess it's a, it's a fresh group of people or just people who are there with that with new people who were integrated. They're saying we're going back to the in front of the police station. I had already been there. I walk back, I leave, I check my phone, literally 30 minutes after, the police start gassing people. And it's clear video, it's, it's literally the beginning of it when we see it. it's like they're in front of the police station, 
people start gassing them from the top. That's when it all begins. A couple minutes later, um, I'll say like 30 minutes later, they're just looting at Bayside Mall. What do you think about that? My biggest thing is like, I'm all for rioting. I do believe that is a very legitimate form of protest. Yes. And anyone who doesn't can look at Stonewall and see that it did indeed make good change. A lot of this is being instigated, like from cops attacking. But honestly, it seems like there are people who are keeping, who will keep track of these protests and will wait for something to happen so that they can do something like loot a store and hide it under the disguise of this protest. Because that sounds very strange that so quickly it was they would immediately go man. to stealing. Because it, protesters would not immediately change their focus from they wouldn't. going they to wouldn't. the message to taking you. a TV. It's, it's just, none of them would. I wouldn't. And that, that's the surprising part about it. It's, and, and it's just insane to me how... You know, this isn't even my cause. It's not like I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to support, you know. And it felt amazing to support. It felt great to be united as one for a cause. And it was so peaceful. And you, I could talk to literally anyone who was marching with us for at least those good four hours that nobody wanted to incite anything. So I was just so confused as to why after th those 30 minutes after the cops started gassing people, you have people breaking into Foot Locker. And the thing about Bayside is, like, I understand if you want to loot and things like that because it's not – I mean, everyone has their own right to be angry. And like you said, some people just go there for that. It's, it's not like they're have – it's their agenda is just to be malicious. And they don't understand how that can impact the overall scope of these protests. But the only problem I had that day is I saw a jewelry store get broken into in downtown. And it wasn't even a big corporation stuff. A lot of that, a lot of stores in, in Miami, especially that's part of Miami, are, are small businesses. So it's just, it's so tough because I understand that those aren't the people... They're not for the cause. If you're doing that to a small store, I don't think you're for the cause. But how can the media see that? Does the media even have time to cover that? Because grouping all these people into one is what you're going to see on Fox News, right? Yeah. And that doesn't help anyone. So at the end of the day, is is looting a viable option in the looting long term itself is not no but that's the it's thing, the message i understand it was it's rioting. The like the rioting was is different than looting they're not going so that they can steal products for themselves when they rioted on that target the items that they had they used to form a barricade yeah so the rubber bullets into your gas couldn't hit them that is the difference now there are other people going this is my chance to get that iphone i've always wanted so they're see, seeing it for their own personal gain. That's I think, the difference. I think that Target made people think that it was okay, that it was normal. Because I don't think I, – I feel personally that going inside that Target was a very powerful, powerful statement to make, especially because it happened in, in Minneapolis. I just it's, – it's so tough because so many people think so differently, man. And I feel like that's the problem with America. It's everyone has a different mindset, and it, it's kind of sad because, like I asked you before, where what is the outcome? 
you know, and we won't see the outcome today or tomorrow or in three weeks. So what do you, what do you hope to gain from this experience? Like these past six days, what do you think America is going to, in a month or two, where do you think we'll be? There's a lot of different things that I do think need to be changed. But in my opinion, the very first and foremost one that will show that people are listening, actually listening, is if every cop is, is, has to take responsibility for what they did. They are held accountable, not just by the community, but by their fellow officers, especially their fellow officers. Because if we crack down on this, if we tell people that if you kill someone because they are darker, you will be punished, they're not going to feel like they have the liberty to go about and do this. Because right now it's a sense of this like power. Not only do they have the badge and can do a lot of things under that guise, they now, after seeing dozens and dozens of cases of this, can say, oh, I can do it because I can just hide behind I was defending myself. Because that has worked before, and it shouldn't. So I it, think that needs to be the very first thing to change. And it definitely shouldn't. And I'm sorry that I, like, I'm not throwing counter arguments at you. No, no. Be counter at you. It's just I'm trying to find all the possible problems that could be, could, that could come with change. Yeah. And the, the, the parts that, you know, the, the difficult parts, which are the ones that are worth breaking down that wall. But there's a lot of states and there's a lot of police departments where everyone has the same mindset and they're protected by the people above the police department with their similar mindsets. What can we do about that? Because like it's 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 so cliche and it sounds way too simple. <laughs> but I'm not kidding because what happened last time is everyone was so focused on the Trump versus Clinton that they didn't think to consider they don't have power over every single little thing. They don't. If every other branch of office is ignored, then whoever gets that president job is going to influence people who are going to help them. Then that's exactly what happened. So many people came up who were in support of Trump because there are people who are upset that Clinton didn't get, didn't get voted in and they refused to vote in the other elections. And that is a huge mistake. A huge mistake that we cannot make again. No. We you can't. have to vote this for someone is, who's going very, to listen in every branch. This is a very pivotal year for a yes. lot of reasons, and primarily is this election. As crazy as it is, I'm glad it's happening before mm. the election. I am glad that he's shown his real colors. I'm going to be very open and honest about how I feel. I hate his guts. He yeah. has made me feel like I am not an American citizen and I do not deserve to live here. Um it's the no. message, man. It's the message that his presidency sends through America. That it's waves of the people who are hiding this inner hate. Right. It should they be feel... obvious when Nazis are walking through the streets again. It's that should have crazy. been the first clue. Dude, uh, that white rally protest that happened like what was it three years ago, man? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How does that even? You know, that's insane that we live in a in a in a country that that's allowed. And it's not you even know? like down to political parties before because other Republican presidents have never let that stuff go. It's it's just it blows my mind. One that people are willing to say that the problem is because he is a part of a party. That's not true. It's because he's a 
horrible piece of, piece of trash. No, he's he a fucking a asshole. Human being. And it has nothing to do with his party. We need to stop thinking about that, and we need to think about how he is treating all of this. No, because there are some genuine Republicans who aren't terrible Absolutely. people. There are some great conservative people. And that's that's exactly why I try to do these things. I love understanding why people think something. As long as you're educated to make a valid choice on whatever party you want to be, and you can literally just as long as you're educated enough and you're not ignorant to say I am Republican or I or whatever you want to say, I will listen to you. But you have to understand that this presidency, I don't care who you are, either even I don't care if you voted Trump, because if you voted Trump. You, I mean, no, I do care if you voted Trump, because, mm -hmm. but especially I care more if you choose to ignore the fact that the whole message behind this presidency is hate, hate, yes. hate, 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 and we're seeing it, and we've seen the shock waves, and I don't think this country will be happy whatsoever if we get another four years, and whatever comes after that, we're probably he's probably gonna back someone with those same ideals. Mm -hmm. So I'm not scared for the future because what these six days have proven is that our generation really does care and we're willing to go the extra mile to be heard. But at the same time, I have to be a little worried just because I know there's people out there who are going to be backed up by him. Mm -hmm. and, and I've just seen so many things. So to move on, I wanted to ask you, so for example, a lot of things that I see is, is – People who they're saying, if you ever see some sort of police brutality, just just gang up on the cops and start mm. kicking the shit out of them. And I and you see, Twitter is a toxic place because of this thing, oh, because of, of these ideals. I think that would only escalate the situation to one thousand, because we have a problem, and that problem is guns. If a police officer is committing some form of police brutality and he has 10 people rushing at him, he's going to pull it out. Mm -hmm. And I just don't think people understand that. Even if I t t like wrote that on a tweet, people are so riled on one mindset that that's, that's okay, you know? I'm, that mindset is completely wrong. But at the same time, people are so focused on like the fact that it's wrong that people haven't ever taken mm -hmm time to sit down and consider why are they thinking that why did it get to the point that they're thinking this is our solution and it is largely because all the other ones that we put forward have been told they're wrong like if for the past like years of kneeling and giving speeches and marches with where we do nothing but hold signs and we are shut down then like this isn't the first time cops have shown up and used force against a protest in, in the past, they have never gotten violent because we were too afraid to go that far. But now we're at this point where, like, the fear can't rule us out because the only reason that they actually started listening was because someone got a group of people together and burned down a target. <laughs> you, but people are so focused on, like, what it's at now that they're not trying to think about why it's got to that point. And... It never would have gotten to that point if we That's, stopped that initial. It's definitely the problem with things like Fox News. You know, they're never gonna. They always have their own agenda, but that—that's what benefits them. What about the Capitol yesterday? What do you think? I think that was definitely such a pivotal point in this Absolutely. entire thing. 
Oh, it was huge. The, all those pictures in the Capitol, that's, those are history book worth it, like worthy. Mm -hmm. But having that been done, how long do you think these riots are going to last? I think it generally depends on the reactions that are given from, and I'm going to say the other side because it is the now other reached side. the point where it is sides. Um, oh, 100%. Because, again, they waited for a reaction instead of looking at the initial action they caused. Now it's reached the point that we're going to keep doing what we do, but right now it looks like that a lot of them are in the support of we're going to get completely physical and shut you down, and if you don't shut you down, we'll put you down. And if it gets to that point, we may be in another civil war. Because I think we've reached a point where we're not going to back down. We're not going to back down until the injustices are changed. And they're not going to back down because they don't want to address it. Because in their eyes, what happened to George Floyd and all of them wasn't wrong. I mean, in a way, we are in a civil war. Yeah. I think it's the very beginning. Of, well, not even the very beginning. I feel like once... I feel in 2016 we reached a civil war. Like that was the that was the beginning. That was the ignition point for what we're living in right now. And I do want to say that this is only the beginning, and I hope we continue to be heard, and I hope we continue to move. But also, our generation tends to be pretty lazy. Yeah. And that's the part that scares me because in a month or two months, things are going to be sort of back to normal with the coronavirus thing. Hopefully, because you know. It could easily come back how they predicted a million times or whatever. That might sidetrack people. Exactly. So are we just going to end up in this position again and have this exact same com a conversation again of how people get lazy and how people lose track of their goals? Because, you know, once Black Lives Matter started, it started off big. And then you could, you know, you didn't hear about it every day on the news. So do you think it's ideal for us to protest every week or is that you know what what's going to happen what's going to happen in the next four in, in the next month or so do you think the we'll be is, like blm was still doing things like blm was one of the first ever to speak out in the me to movement and support and actively do something about it they have continuously been doing stuff the only reason they get noticed is when a life is taken or something major like that happens the efforts haven't stopped and the efforts can't stop when all of this dies down, per se, if nothing has changed, it's on those of us who are being loud and proud right now to continue to do so. Like, it can't just be a moment where you're silent whenever no one has died in the past two weeks. Because there are, I see a lot of people sharing things and speaking in support of all the protests and riots and stuff. But... When I would say or post something like during Black History Month and use the hashtag Black Lives Matter, there would be the people saying, why do you have to turn this into a political thing and like shutting it down? You can't just speak up whenever someone dies to like make it seem like you're this like great ally. You have to constantly be one. And it's the same for my black brothers and sisters. We can't just demand our lives when another is taken. We have to do it every single moment we can until it's changed so like at least for me 
in two months from now, I'm still going to be doing this. I'm still going to see if people would be willing to go for a march unless something has actually genuinely changed. Because and it's recent, we can't wait. We can't wait anymore. And about that change, what do you expect from Trump when he does publicly speak? And the next, whenever he does. Exactly what he did when he went to, to Twitter. It will be a case of a bunch of animals and savages um, and that we need to be stopped. That it, it's... He's already made it very clear. You don't um, think he'll fall under pressure because even... I mean, we're headlines in the BBC right now. It's not him that we have to crack under pressure. It's not him because, again, he does not control everything. It's got to be the other people. It's got to be the House of Representatives and the Senate. We have to... They're the ones who will and can crack. Because he's he he has shown that he is so unbelievably stubborn that even when presented with every piece of evidence showing every case... He doesn't believe wrong, in evidence. Exactly. He doesn't believe in evidence. You can because put, if you, know. you say fake news, then all of a sudden it doesn't matter. So it's not about convincing him anymore. It's about convincing the people who are quote-unquote on his side. It's about convincing the other governors and senators to respect us and listen because if we can change their minds then we might be able to make some change and i feel like we've reached a we've reached a good stepping point when it comes to that because the mayor of minneapolis mm -hmm. he was saying he immediately said what the officer said was wrong and he, he wanted yes. charges and that was that was amazing to see someone say that that the ceo of target i think he cared that one of his stores got burned down no, he was again. He was everything in those stores have insurance. Yeah, he said like, we can replace those, but we can't replace the lives. Of it's it's man, and I wish so many people understood that. Like I don't, you can take a pair of two hundred dollar Jordans, but you can't bring someone back from the dead. Yeah, and so many people who are against this, like looting, oh savage animals, they don't understand that that's the only that's exactly the purpose of why people do it to get on the news and to be understood that this is a problem that, okay, so if you want this to stop as much as uh, if you want the looting or whatever the hell you want to call it to stop, I mean, I, black people just want to be not dying. They need to stop focusing on the result and look at the catalyst. And it, there's so many, ugh, today I saw such a stupid tweet. Of course it was from, mm -hmm. from a white supremacy. He's like, Oh why why do white men get so much hate? And the guy was like, "Oh, we, we, we stopped slavery. We, um, which no, that wasn't on. That wasn't you guys who stopped it. We stopped it by putting pressure on you, and then you caved in." Oh, Jesus Christ! Because said you know what? Like this, this post. Um, someone posted something, and I've been sharing it literally everywhere I can. If y'all gonna quote ML, if you're gonna quote MLK Jr., don't forget that it was white people that killed him. So you can't take his quotes out of context. And if you're gonna take his quotes, take all of them. Take the parts where he said, yeah, rioting's protesting, because riots is what happens when you don't listen to us. You know what happened? You didn't listen to Kaepernick. Man, and you see, that's... <laughs> it's, it's like, this country doesn't make sense. Like, how, how can people really get mad? And, and we're just taking this... Like, let's take it three years back, man. Let's take it three years back, or four years back, whenever Colin Kaepernick did take that knee. How does that offend you personally that he's standing up that that shows a lot about this country and i live in miami and i've been lucky enough to live it somewhere else where it's still not as effective but in the middle states you know up uh, uh, up north where mm -hmm. racism is so prevalent 
and it's so crazy because people really do feel discriminated. Here in Miami, there obviously is discrimination, especially in the Latin community, towards blacks. But I've been lucky enough to see that from an outside perspective. But I've also been lucky enough to pass by these states and to live a little bit of my life to understand how other people live, how white versus black is such a real thing. And I wasn't yes. lucky enough, and I, and I was lucky enough to experience that, but it was, it was within the last 12 years, 12 months of my life. Before mm-hmm. that, I understood, but seeing it firsthand, it changes your, your perspective 100%. 100%. Because here in Miami, you're not going to have a person, you're not going to see a black man running for his, and you're not going to see a black man running and behind it, and in his, in his mind, he's not going to be like, oh, maybe I will get shot. Maybe I will get my life ended right now because some people decide to play God and just end my life there. That just comes from straight racism. You don't see that in Miami, and a lot of people won't tell you that that's their story here in Miami. Well, I'll be honest. Um, I There are several people I know, and even me myself, that is still, it's still prevalent in Miami. Really? That, but yeah, I've, I've had some very bad experiences with police officers, and I've, I've been hit by one of them. The only reason they stopped is because they're students. Um, no, like, it's but especially like with the Habner thing, they were so quick to end his job, so quick to say he should get fired, and all he did was kneel during the anthem. Which like, if you don't like it, fine. Someone takes another person's life, and there are people saying that he should remain a police officer. How in God's name is not standing up for a song written by slave owners the same as killing somebody it's not man and a, and a pivotal point at the beginning of all this was comparing um the movements from these past couple of days and a couple of weeks ago when the white people were protesting uh they're just basically protesting the virus with guns on capitol buildings If it were the opposite side, and I know, of course, I've seen it a million times. If it was the opposite side, we wouldn't be. It wasn't. It wouldn't be the same story. Mm-hmm. But why is it that? Why is it that black and not, not not in black and white racist? But why is it such a simple thing? It's like okay, so they're just standing there with guns and cops' faces, and nothing is happening. How do you, as, as other countries, man, as other countries? How do you see that? And you're like, oh, wow, America's probably doing something right. Or America's doing something very wrong. But what are they doing wrong? Why is race such a prevalent thing? Is, is it a generational thing, man? Like, I, you know, 1950, my dad was born in 1954. Mm-hmm. In 1954, this country was completely different. So it, it goes to show how it could just be a generational thing. That we are unfortunate enough to just be in this part of history where we still have to deal with what happened in the past. But the past wasn't really that long ago. So do you, as an African-American man, have hope for the next 60 years? Or your kids? You know, do you think I they're going to have to live? I really do. Because the majority of the people who are out there, like the majority of people fighting for justice, are millennials and under. Like, it's you can see that it's... It's very much starting to become a thing of like younger people versus older people. Oh yeah. Um, but those older people like, will influence their kids. Well, that's the thing. Like they're at the point now. Like 
if those kids are influenced, that's it. If they aren't, they aren't. The older people don't have, like, say over, like, say, the kids who are right now in high school. They're the kids who are going to be born tomorrow. The kids who are growing up now that are five and six. And uh, the majority of those kids are being taught love and respect for each other. I hope they so, will. I hope so. I don't think things will change in a while because it will be a long time before people start to rise into power who live, who grew up that way. But if we keep pushing for this, then more people will start to share that ideolo- ideology with their children, their, their brothers, sisters, cousins, whatever, so that when it comes time for that, almost everyone will be willing to like help each other out. So that's, I think... I think that should be one of the most like main priorities is like it won't change in a day but if i can ensure that my children don't have to grow up this way i will 100 percent fight like hell because like i'm <laughs> i'm not the darkest man in the world and yet i still face like things that people literally tell me that like it sounds like it was in a movie like they just couldn't understand that this is real and one of my favorite arguments with the whole, like, people protesting with the guns and stuff is, like, well, if you guys were armed, you'd be fine. Excuse me? Out of the names of the people, <laughs> like, that were, like, a kid was killed because he had a toy gun. Yeah. A kid. Immediately a kid. shot. There were people who were unarmed. They shot a kid to had, death, man. They unloaded full clips into them. If we showed up at a protest with guns, all those armored cars and stuff you'd see, they would actually begin to use... They have everything they can to immediately zip us out, and they're just looking for that excuse. They already aren't using an excuse. Reporters get shot with rubber. There was a video of, um, they were enforcing curfew, and armored cars were rolling by, and a group of, like, 20 police officers came by this woman who was standing on her patio with her kids. All white, by the way, so, like, can't play the whole, like, it's not black people playing a race card. It's just a white woman and her kids. And they opened fire on her. Six police officers went up, lined, fired her. They're not waiting for reason. They're just going to do it. So see, if we put guns in our black hands and walk through those streets, it, that's we are game asking over. for them to yeah, kill us. That's, that's game over. And the thing is, as much as I understand why, it's, it still seems so blatantly obvious to me mm-hmm. that the problem is race. It seems, it is blatantly obvious. The fact that six police officers went and did that, it 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 it, it kind of baffles me, you know, because I remember the first day of the of the um, of the main riot, not riot, of of the main event that happened in Minneapolis. Because I don't want to say riot. Riot sounds like riot sounds. You get me? It sounds like a. It was a protest. The protest into a riot. turned riot. It was provoked. Correct. I saw a video of all the officers on, um, outside of the, of the guy's house, the police officer who murdered George Floyd. They were all outside mm-hmm. his house. I don't know. I could say maybe like 50 of them, all armed. And I, was, and I had to think to myself, how many of those guys actually want to be there? Mm-hmm. How many of those guys understand that they're protecting a murderer? And I, I can't pinpoint a percentage. I just can't because, you, you know, I don't know those people. But I feel like if I was a cop and people were commenting and yelling at my face and telling me that what I'm doing is wrong, then 
I have to be wrong in a way. There's also some cops that are that have to be there because they want to keep their job. But There's does that make does that make them badges, does that make them bad people for having to be there? Again, I don't think it's a matter of them being a bad person. It's a matter of they're at fault for not holding that person accountable. Your job is to protect people. And that man murdered somebody. It is your job to seek justice for that person. Same as the way that we, that they go and arrest the kids who shoot up schools. They took lives and that person needs to be held accountable for it. Now, I get the making sure that nobody goes and assassinates this guy because I don't want that. I want him to sit in the jail cell and suffer. I mean, he should have been taken to but, a jail cell immediately. Oh, of in, in an ideal world. There is no reason why he should have been in his house being protected exactly. by 50-plus officers. Kids on his CD got a jail cell immediately, but this guy who ends the life doesn't come on. It's, it's, it's a matter of understanding to me man it's 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 a matter of under trying to understand the other side and why the fuck do they think everything that happened it's just there i know there's some cops that probably do get offended when they yell fuck cops i mean fuck 12 right in their of course, face of course because there are some cops that have to take it and they know internally that they're they might not be they're not racist and it could be a fault in the system of the training but at the same time one of my best buddies from high school, like I told you earlier, he's a cop. And I know him personally. But if he were to pull any other black guy over, that he's already going to be in fear. And my that's opinion. obviously the problem. But it's so hard to different. They, in a way, do you think they just bring it upon themselves? They, the bad apples make the whole bunch rotten? No, I don't, I don't think it's true at all. But at this point... We have literal proof showing people not like showing up the cops showing up to protest and they take off their helmets and they walk alongside those people. And those Amazing. people, Beautiful. when they see that, all they want to do is just hold a hand and go. And there's not a single lick of any aggression. There's no one yelling, fuck the cops. There's no violence at all. But those people are like willing to say, like, I got the badge in order to protect people. I didn't come here to get a badge. So that I can have power. So if you're truly there to protect people, you should be willing to give up that badge. And a lot of people have. If you are going, still going to a protest and firing at crowds, I genuinely think you not just not think, think not just fire in the crowds. And and this is I feel like these this past week we've seen we've really seen the bad apples and we have seen mm -hmm. the good ones. I mean, well, the best you... one was the picnic. I think it was in uh, uh, Dallas where they protested, but the cops, instead of just showing up and like trying to force the crowds to be whatever or being physical, they showed up, put their stuff away, and, and said, can we like talk? And the protesters responded with, sure, would you like some food? That's exactly, that's what they wanted. That's exactly the that's energy. That's what we want, That's exactly the energy you have to keep. You know, It's not always so, I hate you because you hate me. You have to understand if they really do hate you. And some police departments have been doing it correctly. Some others have just actually terrible people for example the things that enrages me i don't know if you saw it but there was a cop who maced what was she like a 13 year old girl or yes. younger that's that's just ludicrous to me you can't 
Are you serious? <laughs> like also I, the one that shot um, the woman who was grocery. The protest is happening several blocks away. This woman comes around the corner, and a cop's there and shoots her in the face. No questions asked. What is? How do you justify that, man? You can't. You you cannot. You cannot justify that. A woman holding groceries. There is nothing she's doing to justify being shot in the face. No, no. It's just. But even then, the legal action. See, the thing is, America has such a terrible legal system that on that cop for macing a 13-year-old or however young she was in the face. With everything happening, he might lose his job, but I don't think he'll face any legal trouble. You know, and that's that's the problem. It, people. That's maybe maybe right now since there's so much going on. They use it because I've seen I've seen cops I've seen videos of cops being happy that they're there about to defend a protest and they're ready. They're like, yeah, bring it on. How as a chief police officer do you not see that that's wrong? Right. You know. Especially when you see so many of like your colleagues in other places doing it, and then those places never have anything violent. You should be able to see the correlation. I don't know, man. It's and the purpose of the conversation I wanted to bring you what was so we can discuss these things, but at the same time, it's it's such a we're not at the correct time to come to a conclusion as to how this can end. You understand right. what I'm saying? It's just how 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 can this end? It's it's like I said before, it seems pretty impossible. It's it honestly, it's very simple. We do our very it best is a step to stop by racial step. profiling, and we call. And we, we bring justice to what they did. It's something very simple in the case of they just need to do it. Oh, it's definitely easier said than done, of course. Yes. I mean, you you've been you've been know that, oh. but it's just oh, of course. <laughs> it's just like we're fighting huge titans right now. Mm-hmm. We're fighting huge titans, and one of those biggest things is the media. The media incites so much oh, fear. Absolutely. It incites so much fear. Incites the wrong agenda of what people are actually trying to do all the time. Not just with this. And how, how do you fight the media in a country as big as this one? It's like, what do, you, what, what, do people have to, what do people have to do? Break into Fox News and riot that place? You know, is that, is that what it's going to have to we come just, to? We've got to be listening to the people who are actually there. Yeah. Like the, yeah. Protest, the protesters who are there for good intentions, for good purposes, the ones who are showing us dozens of videos of evidence as opposed to looking to the two articles that were written by people with agendas behind them. It, it's, you can't ignore these people just because it's not from a major news outlet. Because every, every single major news outlet has shown that they are very biased in one way or another. But these people aren't putting any bias. They're going, this is what happened. Try to put yourself in the shoes of white America right now. Your typical white American who maybe they're Republican. But all they watch is the media. What do you think they they would say? They're not affected by your problems. They don't. They live in a white suburban household, a neighborhood. And even the black people who do live in suburbs still have to face things. Of course. That's that's. It's everywhere that's, you go. I think that's it's what every, people don't it's understand. Is go. that they'll see they'll have neighbors who are black and they're like, but they're in the same position as. I am, but that's not true. We don't showcase everything because we don't 
like living that and we don't want to glorify it. Like, I don't glorify the fact that for my 21st birthday, I started in the cop car. Um, and it's because I was told I was going to be charged for something I didn't do because it seems like I would do it. Yeah. Like, it's like, just... I'm sorry that you have to face those things because honestly, I'll tell you my story right now. I've only been pulled over by a cop once and dying wasn't on my radar. Exactly. I'm not white, but I've been living in Miami has conditioned me to not thinking about that. It wasn't on my radar and it sucks that other people, that, I just can't imagine. Like I, I, I love the, the post that people post like I, I will never truly understand what people go through, but I am with you with for that change, you know, but either way, I wanted just final recap. What's your message? simple as that what's your message I think the best thing I can say is that one if you are not near it do not have the insight that other people do talk to the people that do and I'm not just talking about only black people talk to white allies that are walking talk to white allies who have been posting these things speak to each other and for those allies and for other brothers and sisters of mine talk to the people who don't because even if they will ignore you like i've had people who i didn't talk to when i was arguing with someone come to me for questions and answers because they saw my view they saw it directly from someone who experiences it you just cannot stay silent just silence is compliance it is the worst thing you can do right now even if your message it's just talk to each other you just have to say that until everyone is. You have to shout it to the high heavens. We can't we can't expect other people to handle it anymore. Every person has to do their part in any way they possibly can. Just find a way. Just find a way because And it really does affect those um when they see that you don't say anything. It it really it truly feels like you're not a like I'm not being Dude, I've had to unfollow some people. I've had to block some people from just mm -hmm. straight ignorance. You know? I there are professors of mine that haven't said anything and it's like the whole sending a message through like a big organization, fine. Whatever. But there hasn't been a single reaching out to the person. And that is very concerning. Because we the are personal people. connection. Of we course. are people. I mean that's a, that's the main you know yeah. that's the main point of trying to get people to understand that we are we are just like them i remember there was um very quickly to, there was a there was a, a you know during the white supremacist um movement a couple years back there was a there was a nazi as you know which is insane to say in 2018 that there was just right. a nazi walking around and he went into a crowd of um the people who were opposing him he started getting punched he started getting pushed he started getting yelled at but there was this uh black guy who goes into the crowd and he's telling him, man, why do you hate me? Why do you hate me? Look at me. I am just like you. And he's, you know, he gives him a hug. And at the end of the day, that Nazi, the only thing that he could say is, I don't know. I don't know why I hate you. It's because there's no logic behind it. It's just something. It's brainwashing, hard. man. It's 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 brainwashing 100%. And I honestly do hope 
I, I really do hope, and I ha and I have hope that in, that we won't have these same issues in the next ten years, at least ten years from now, which is insane to say because ten years is a long time. Yes. I'm about to be 21, so whenever I'm 31, <laughs> I really hope I don't have to go and march again for these basic human rights. You know what I'm saying? You get me? It's just, mm -hmm. it's it's a little insane. But thank you so much for having this conversation with me. Of course, thank I, you for I, 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 Of course, and that's that's. You know, I wish everyone could just have conversations about this, yeah. man. Because there, there were some things that I just genuinely wanted to ask someone who faces difficult struggles that I do. For Like, do you think every cop is bad? Things like that. It's like, what do you think yeah. about looting? What do you think about rioting? Just to, just to make sure that I get that perspective. You know, even mm -hmm. though I, I agree with mostly of every, every, pretty much everything that's happening, I still need to know. Because yeah. I don't look like you and you don't look like me. And therefore, we live different lives. Exactly. So again, thank you so much. Um, let me just remind the listeners really quick to join us on Friday for the super special Friday edition of the podcast where we talk things about comic books, movies, TV shows, and all things media. Uh, so join us on that. And again, thank you, Zai, for willing to have this conversation with me. Thank you. And um, have a good one, man. Thank you so much. All right.